Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome, everyone, to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by Joe Holbert. Joe, how have you been this week, buddy? I've been pretty good. I've been holding up okay. It feels like we haven't spoke for about 10 years. It, uh, it so, does. It really yeah. does. It's this, really strange times, Jeremy. I'm going to be honest with you. It's very strange. This has been the longest week I can recall in forever. Like, just a week ago, mm. it, it felt like a month ago that the OKC game was getting canceled at the last minute. And then since then leagues have shut down it seems like the world has shut down and that was again a week ago and it feels like a month ago yeah that's what makes the, the thought of this lasting for many months quite terrifying i'm gonna be honest with you i mean we don't want to stress that on a wrestling podcast but it is a fault i mean this has been one week since that all happened and it feels like a lot has happened so yeah it's odd um real quickly i hope everyone is staying safe out there if you're going out wash your hands use hand sanitizer don't be an idiot and cough on people like just take any precaution necessary that you can take if you are self-quarantined uh and you're listening to this welcome we appreciate it but again be safe i i personally don't know anyone that's been affected fortunately i hope it stays that way i hope it stays that way for anybody listening if you have if you do know someone that has been affected uh, just best wishes to them and the family because i know it's a tough time for a lot of people like not only the virus but people with jobs and relationships and money and all that kind of stuff like i get it's a tough time and it sucks and we appreciate you uh, joining us for this hour, hour and a half, however long we go, and hopefully we can provide a distraction for everyone. Yeah, very well said, Jeremy. That's the idea. You know, we we should make it clear we didn't name this podcast in preparation <laughs> for a pandemic. It was not ever supposed to be this severe of a di- uh, distraction, but yeah, that's what we're here for. Definitely. Check us out, Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com. I have some big announcements at the end of the show. Some some very big announcements. We're going to be doing some some fun things coming up in the coming days and weeks and everything. But that's at the end of the show. So either stay tuned or skip ahead. Whatever. If you've already downloaded, it's, it's all good. Um, uh, Joseph, 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 Joseph. It's yes. <laughs> we set five minutes on the clock. We we discussed. Maybe we just do a different kind of show, but we, we might be doing that coming up. We are going to do our typical putting five minutes on the clock. We don't have many topics this week, so we're going to go way over the five minutes. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that's pretty commonplace for us. So we're going to kick this off, Joseph, with WrestleMania. First, it was announced on Monday that it was going to be at the Performance Center. WWE's been doing... All types of shows from the Performance Center. Literally every show since last Friday from the Performance Center. So they were going to have WrestleMania at the Performance Center. That announcement lasted two days because 
on Wednesday, they announced it's a two-night WrestleMania. And we're getting part of from the Performance Center. And they're going to shoot matches, according to, to Meltzer, they're going to shoot the gimmick matches at an undisclosed location. All we know is it's multiple locations. That's what they said, with the Performance Center being one of them. And Rob Gronkowski's hosting both nights. Two-night WrestleMania, Joseph. What do you think? Well, two-night WrestleMania is very, very good idea. I've been a proponent of the two-night WrestleMania for a long time. I didn't intend to win in this fashion. I must stress that. But this is the correct step in future. It will be a one-off because of the circumstances here. Uh, so, yeah, we should definitely discuss that as a concept. But my initial reaction to all of this is this is going to be one of the strangest wash odd event we, what awaits us here with WrestleMania, right? The grandest stage of them all is now a two-night event in front of no fans. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm legitimately intrigued as to, like, can these matches, can one match at WrestleMania, night one or two, manage to make me forget that there's no fans in the arena? I'm legitimately interested. Because some promos you can do. Matches in front of no fans is a real challenge. Like, I'm intrigued if I actually... When the referee hits free on any of these matches, if I'm going to be reacting, if I'm going to be into them, I have no clue. And that's the honest truth. I have no idea. So, yeah, I'm excited about the two-night thing as a concept generally, but not under these very odd, strange circumstances. And the other thing is, is it two nights of what we have now? Are we going to have, like, four matches on both nights, or are we going to do the full Mania 18 matches split into two? That's the other thing I have no clue about. Yeah, right now there's only eight announced matches, and they're all singles matches. You would think, given what's going on, you're cutting the the two battle royals because it doesn't yes. seem like it's very smart to put 20 people in a ring with with everything that's happening right now. But who knows? WWE might do that. Um, you know, there's the reported matches with the women's tag titles, the SmackDown tag titles, U.S. title, Intercontinental title. Like all of this stuff is. We don't know what's going to happen with it right now. I'm interested, is it going to be live? Are they going to tape some of this stuff? Because I think if you tape some of it, you can obviously shoot it in a much different, almost a cinematic way. Whereas if it's live, they're going to shoot it how they've always shot it. And that hasn't looked good for these, these Raw and SmackDown shows recently. Yeah, I think if you keep it to around 10 matches across two nights... I think then you have a chance to do maybe half of those in a kind of odd cinematic fashion, if that makes sense. And then you'd be left with, like, if you have to do Drew and Brock in an empty arena, that could be wild enough that it, that it kind of transcends the fact there's no noise, if that makes any sense. Like, Goldberg-Roman is the same thing. The ones that concern me, like, Edge and Randy Orton is a match that is, like, killed by this. The heat for that would have carried it through, right? They're about to just have an empty arena, like, brawl. That one could oh, probably do with being bold, you know? That's the one that I'm most worried about because, yeah, one, you're taking yeah. all the reactions out of it, and that's been their best feud when it comes to reactions. Two is they added the last man standing stipulation, and I don't think these matches are good generally. I, there's just too much, <laughs> all right, a guy's down, wait eight, nine seconds for him to get up, like set up your spot. I don't I don't like the majority of last man standing matches. You do this in front of no crowd. I can't see how that comes off well if you're shooting it live. Yeah. This could actually be a disaster. I'm going to be honest with you, Jeremy. I, I mean, I don't mean look. Firstly, we should get out of the way the fact that like there's a lot of credence to the idea, and I think you've stressed this on social media. 
these shows probably shouldn't be happening at all. You know, wrestling, these wrestlers are in fact real people, believe it or not. We should probably just be shutting down all operations and stuff like this. But I kind of quickly concluded that, the, that WWE at least was going to keep rolling because as crazy as it sounds, man, this is like Vince's, this is his dream, man. WrestleMania is going to be the only event on any calendar, right? So <laughs> it's going to run. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, that could be, I hadn't actually thought of it. I'm going to be honest with you, I put a lot of these gimmick matches in the categories, and like last minute saying, I'm like, okay, they're going to brawl a lot. But I didn't really think about the notion of just watching a referee count to nine, seven times over in an empty ring. <laughs> that could be tough. Yeah, and if you're doing, if you're going to do like a ladder match, like they typically do at Mania, I mean, we talked about this last week with, <laughs> with blood and guts. Like, how can you pull that off in an empty arena? And we're oh. going to talk about AEW here in a second, but some of these matches and, and Mania you know mania is a big deal like this is you typically pack 70 80,000 fans into an arena everything is over the top they did becky with her uh big rig truck on monday like that was supposed to be for mania they do all this over the top stuff and it's like you're going to put this in the performance center you're going to put this in i mean who knows where else you're going to try to shoot this from but it's just not a lot of it's not going to be the same and I mean, some of the reactions will be the same. You, If they run, I guess splitting it up over two nights is good. But, I mean, we discussed it last week. Some of these matches were going to die a death. And now, at least there's an excuse for why they die. Yeah, this is a... Uh, if, if anything, if nothing else, Jeremy, Shayna Baszler's push uh, benefits from this awful <laughs> circumstance. Because at least at least the silence, as you say, has some, has some credence to it, has some reason to it. But... It's just, I, I feel wrong coming onto a podcast here, Jeremy, and being like, I have no clue, but I legitimately have no idea how this is going to come across. Like, I don't know if when Drew hits the eighth Claymore, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat, or I'm going to just be sitting there thinking, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever watched in my life. Because, I mean, we're going to talk about AEW later, but even the matches on AEW, like, it was better. It's still super odd, though, right? Like, I'm still struggling to sit and get it, and I'm trying to convince myself if it's because there's no stakes to these TV matches. I just have no idea. I, it's such an odd moment in time generally, but for wrestling, it's it's bizarre. I mean, the only thing is everyone's been saying it, right? I think Sean mentioned it on Twitter, like the documentary eventually is going to be amazing for this. This is the all-time strangest moment in wrestling. I'm going to have to transcribe so much from that documentary whenever it gets released, assuming yes. I'm still in the same position, <laughs> but it's, yes. yeah, it's going to be yeah. a lot of transcribing, <laughs> so I don't want this documentary to get released. The, the thing... <laughs> That you mentioned, you make a good point on like Drew hitting like the eighth Claymore because that's what WrestleMania is. It's like three thousand finishers, all these kickouts yeah. and stuff. Even like his countdown to the Claymore, like he's just gonna be counting them down by himself. Just it's yeah. gonna be so awkward doing this stuff. And the WWE matches, I mean, they haven't been good that have aired from the Performance Center. The AEW stuff was a little bit better. I want to go back real quickly to two-night mania because it's something you mentioned that you've been a proponent of for a while and it's something new japan did with wrestle kingdom they put it over two nights a lot of people have mentioned you know mania should be done over two nights so you're not doing a 10-hour show Corey graves has pushed yeah. for it as well do you think this is kind of like a forced start of that and we'll actually get a two-night mania as early as next year Honestly, I don't. Uh, I would like to say yes, but I don't. I think they. I think someone internally has convinced themselves that WrestleMania being seven hours is actually good. It's not. <laughs> but when I see pay-per-views like Elimination Chamber going like three and a half hours, 
I mean, someone, there's got to be some reason they love the length of these shows. There's no reason for that to be long. There's no reason for this one to be seven hours. But yeah, I'm a pro. And the other thing that I like about it is NXT TakeOver is five matches generally, right? Yeah. To me, I always look at it as if a WrestleMania card now is 14, 15 matches, I put the TakeOver matches in that group and I split into two because to me, I'm convinced that like some of these NXT guys are never going up now. That's just the way it is, isn't it? Like, And it's all well and good, it's the third brand, but I'd imagine Gargano and Champer and Adam Cole want to work WrestleMania at some point, right? That feels like one of the big, biggest pluses of working there. So I think that would be an idea. You know, make it... It would be nice to sit down for two nights of WrestleMania and not worry about how like tired I'm going to be by hour 12. You know, just give me two nice hours. I can enjoy each individual story. I think that's the way to go, I think, anyway. I think you can do 16 matches, split them up over two nights. So you're, you're doing eight mm-hmm. matches a night, essentially. Like, that's... That would be perfect, yeah. Yeah, like, that's not a long show. Maybe you throw a ninth match on, on one of the shows. But, I mean, they'll make it long, but on the whole that shouldn't be a long show when compared to your typical mania cards which are eight hours and they are 16 15 16 matches so i think it does move to two nights eventually i don't know if it'll happen next year but i think this will be kind of like a test run of okay can we do this it's obviously way different you're taping your potentially taping matches you're doing this in front of no audience it's a completely different thing but I think it's almost yeah. a test run to see of what's the reaction to the audience like, or what's, you know, the audience at home, how many people are watching along mm-hmm. the network, what do the wrestlers think, stuff like that. So I think it's a, it's a very, very dry run for it potentially happening within the next three years, I'll say. Do you know what's fascinating? I don't know what WrestleMania is, I forget, but what was the WrestleMania where there was a lot of injuries and they ended up like putting the belt on Triple H to drop it to Roman? It's a few years ago, right? You know right. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The... That was 32. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were recommending that I watch WrestleMania 32 to fall asleep to. And... Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's that one or the year before, but one of them WrestleManias is legitimately like seven matches long. And I just, I was looking at this recently and I was just thinking, man, how crazy is it? The, the impact of NXT and signing all of those guys has totally changed the structure of this roster, Right. It's re- we didn't really appreciate it as it was happening in front of us. But now you've got 16, 15 matches, whatever it's going to be, and you look at each one, you're like, I guess that needs to be on there, I guess. I don't know. When you just do all the title matches, you end up with 10 or something like that. So uh, that's an element of the brand split that feels like it's become a major issue this time around that wasn't there with the first few years of the brand split, you know, back in the, like, what, 15 years ago. To me, anyway, it didn't feel that way, but yeah. If 32 was seven matches long each match went an hour, because that that event, that was the Triple H Roman, that was Shane McMahon and Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, that event was bad. I I think it may be the year before when when Triple H wrestled Sting. It might have been that year. I don't know. These all run together. I'm going to be honest with you. But there's one, <laughs> really them, there's one of them that's short. There's one of them that's short, and it's not that long ago, is my point. And it's amazing to think. Imagine an eight-match WrestleMania card now. Like The, the battle rule will be 100 people deep. Like, you couldn't do it, right? Maybe 30. 30 didn't feel long. I mean, I was there for that one, but that one seemed like it... Maybe 29. It flew by. Who knows? <laughs> but it was definitely one of them recently, according yes, to Joseph. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was one of them in the last decade, definitely, was sure, and I appreciate that, you know? Uh, the NXT being part of it... Yeah, I'm with you that you would think some of these guys would be like, all right, so at some point, like, I do want to be 
on Mania. Like, okay, TakeOver before Mania is cool. I want to be on the actual WrestleMania. Like, this is the way to do that. You, in 16 matches, split it up over two nights, put the NXT guys on there. And it feels like at that point, every match can be important. Do, do the Battle Royal one night the women's one night, the men's the other night, like do that. You can, can still get everybody on the card and not make it to where, and you can give matches more time. Like you're not going to have to do these three minute matches just to get guys on the card and stretch everything out. Like you can let things breathe a little bit more. It's actually become a fascinating element and I do follow it on social media. It's become a really interesting element of fandom, wrestling fandom with WWE fans at least because there's become this like stress about where people you like are going to end up on WrestleMania, right? Because everyone knows there's only a few spots for actually important matches. Everyone gets on WrestleMania, but there's legitimately about five matches where it's like, okay, that's something I'm going to actually enjoy. Crowds are going to react to it. Uh, so you see it sometimes, especially with the when you have like divisions like the SmackDown Women. It's like every every inside group of that fandom is like trying to explain why they should be the one wrestling Bailey in a 25-minute match. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a strange... It's become a strange element of how they do WrestleMania now. It's all timing and luck. I mean, last year, Kevin Owens just missed the show, right? Just after coming back, he just missed it. Yeah. Um, and I am going to be honest. I'm not... I've never been one of these people that's like, don't put everyone on the show. Like, to me, you have so many weeks to do just your one-on-one match, just your two-on-two match. If you want to do a fatal four-way, go for it. You know, like, it's a, it's such a long show. I have no problem with that. So, yeah, I totally get why there's issue with it. I agree with you, though. Two days helps a lot of the problems, and it allows us to actually enjoy each individual story rather than them falling apart in an eight-hour show. This is all assuming that we're going to get this two-day WrestleMania. Yeah. With the way WWE is making announcements, there's a bunch of reports out there saying that more announcements are coming. I fully expect tomorrow, an hour before SmackDown, because they've been doing this an hour before Raw, an hour before NXT. So an hour before SmackDown tomorrow, we're going to get some announcement that's just like WrestleMania is going to be held in on a pirate ship or something. I I don't know, but they're going to like that. They're going to do something like that tomorrow. I'm just I'm just waiting for it. Yeah, I agree. I I do like as well that. All of this seems to be happening in two different worlds. Like, you have the Twitter announcements, then you have the shows where things just go on as normal. You know, there's no fans here. No one showed up tonight, but things are going as normal. Steve Austin's here. No one quite knows why. 316 day and all that good stuff. It's very strange time. I don't know. And then on AEW, again, which we'll get to, you had the thing of, like, next time we see you on Dynamite. It's like, this is craziness, right? This is wild. Let's let's talk about these uh, Performance Center shows because we had SmackDown... John Cena still there, Jeff Hardy back in action. We had Raw, Edge was there, Steve Austin was there, Becky Lynch was there. We had NXT, which was literally just highlights. I, Sean gave me credit, but I joked on Twitter that like they're just gonna recap the entire Gargano Champa feud, and like that's what they ended up doing for NXT. And it's like, sure, why not? These shows have they've sucked, Joe. They've been bad. Yeah. Oh, can I do a quick story time segment, Jeremy? Sure. I want to go into a little bit of depth about my Friday night experience. I was with my father on Friday night, Jeremy. He's never been a professional wrestling fan. Uh, but somehow we found ourselves at half 12 watching... No, half 11. Uh, clock's changed. Watching a Stan Hansen match from, I believe, 1993. Okay, And I'd, 
I think by the end of it, I convinced him this stuff I watch isn't total shit. Okay, I think I'd done that. And I'd also convinced myself that these empty arena shows would be actually good. <laughs> this was a big mistake, okay? Because I said, you know, SmackDown stars. And he was intrigued by this empty arena deal. And I put that show on and like, I know within that first entrance, when, when Sasha and Bailey walked out, I was like, oh, I'm in big trouble. This is not going to go well. <laughs> and then they started doing like a promo to the, I guess it was like wink, wink. Do you feel they was doing like a bit with that? No, I feel that this is how <laughs> they, they've they been conditioned to do their promos. Okay. And so that's how they're doing their promos. I know. As soon as they started talking, I was like, I'm in big trouble here. I should not be watching this with anyone that's not just my own conscience. You know what I mean? I, I knew I was in trouble. And I was like, I don't know what I convinced myself it would look like. But within two minutes, they had convinced my father that I was a lunatic again for watching this program. <laughs> I want you to know that. I mean... I totally admire the performers involved doing their thing. It's not their fault, but this was uncomfortable viewing for me. I have to be honest. I actually found it quite uncomfortable. And it might be because that segment stood out to me most because it was the first one, I guess, right? But that whole thing of them, like, shouting at Michael Cole, I just, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't watch it. I had to go to bed. I couldn't deal with it. It, People convince themselves that when WWE gets like backed up against the wall and put like in weird circumstances that they do like these amazing things like every like because people people want to praise that that rumble the post rumble show where the snowstorm canceled everything everyone's like oh my god this was such an amazing show and people want to praise the the Saudi plane show where all the NXT guys came in and stuff and so that's what everyone thought like oh they're backed up against the wall it's gonna be a great show those may have been like great shows because of the the circumstances and what they were able to pull off these are completely different circumstances and when you're doing it over and over and the way they're doing it it's it's not that like i don't remember that that rumble show uh i don't think they had wrestling matches like there was no actual like live mm. wrestling matches on those shows it no, was just, yeah everyone remembers like jbl on the roof the great lesnar rain segment and then they replayed like everything from the royal rumble like that was the show and everyone's like oh this is such a great show okay they replayed the royal rumble on raw but they're trying to do these like live segments and they're trying to do these live matches literally in front of no one and it's not shot different like everything's the same there's just no pyro but everyone still acts the same jeff hardy's return brutal absolutely brutal because here's a guy that like lives off of like crowd reactions right like the jeff hardy matches aren't good but the crowd are is so into them that it's like oh man this guy's awesome and then him going out there and performing in front of nobody while corbin and elias are yelling at each other it was it was just awful. The Steve Austin's oh my god, Joseph. The Steve Austin's Yeah, I thought that was very bad. Yeah. Austin's great. Yeah. He did his best. None of it worked. I thought that too, but I didn't want to be mean. But you know you've done it now. Yeah, it sucked, Jeremy. I'm gonna be honest with you. I did think the backstage segments was an incredible call. Whoever thought they needed to do backstage skits has got some serious do you think they're just so ingrained in their ways that they can't see why it's funny? 
Like the way that they shoot stuff in. It's just so odd in this circus. Like they've just left empty seats there. Why? Why are there empty seats there? They literally had like Triple H was great on SmackDown. I'm a fan of shooting Paul and, and all of his comments and stuff. He has the camera and he's like doing a close up on Michael Cole. But the shot is of Triple H with the camera. And by the time they cut to actually Triple H's camera with the close up, the close up isn't there anymore. He put the camera down. It's like he's shooting this close-up this whole time. He's like, I got a great shot of you, Cole. And we're not seeing that actual shot. Like, it seems like such basic stuff that they just they can't get right. And they're, they're so ingrained with the, the ways that they produce their television that even if it's in front of no one, this is how they're going to produce. The, the backstage segments were bad. Having Shayna there to, like, literally just watch Becky that was cut her promo. Yes. What was that? Yeah, and Kevin Owens did like a backstage promo. I was like, "Yeah, what? Like, why couldn't you just do like a? I don't know what I suggest they do. Look, I understand it's very strange because there's been very few segments on any show I've watched in the last week where I was like, okay, that wasn't affected at all. Like even the promos, they're good, but there's a, there's a weird like element to them, right? They feel like someone doing a monologue in school or something. It's all I don't know if I like it, but. The Bray Wyatt promo, I think, was the best of the bunch. Yeah. Is that a good take or him, a bad take? Him and, him and Edge yeah. were the, the two best promos. Yeah, yeah. And Edge did the right thing just going straight to the camera. But when they were like, again, I hate to do it. I know it's my gimmick at this point, but I just got to go back to it. That Bailey and Sasha did, man. That killed me. I knew I was in trouble. I knew I was in big, big trouble because it was just like, oh, my God, they're going to do it this way. They're just going to pretend that it's a normal show. I didn't watch the Miz and Morrison thing. Uh, it's probably at this point I should admit that I'm pretty sure I've skipped every one of their segments. I mean, that has no disrespect to those two gentlemen. I just, I just don't care. But I, I'm told that they did like full on wink, wink humor with it. They, they were like did. totally. They did. Okay, well that's good. I mean, I'm gonna give Bailey and Sasha. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume it was a really good joke, and they were looking at the audience as a, as a, you know, just a little bit of a, a gag for us guys, you know, inside the business, Jeremy. But. It coming across, it came across terrible. That's, that's all I'd say. And it's not a reflection of them, it's a reflection of just how they do TV. It's very, very odd. It wasn't produced more intimately. It was just the same show with no fans, which is so strange to me for so many reasons. Raw was worse than SmackDown, I thought. At least NXT, they just realized all of this is a bad idea. Let's just run a bunch of video packages and, and try to tell stories. That was fine. I wasn't. I honestly didn't pay too much attention to it because AEW was on, and that was actually a show. Um, so let's get into mm-hmm. AEW. They they ran an empty arena show last night, but it wasn't empty. They did different. They did things differently. They didn't shoot from the crowd perspective, from like a hard cam. They shot like the entrance way, so you couldn't see like all the empty seats. They had wrestlers yeah. and other people kind of like be at ringside and make some noise, do some interactions and stuff. It was still awkward. It didn't feel like it was just nonsensical and a waste of time, though. That's probably a good description of it, I would say. Yeah, it was... I didn't... I've got to be honest. I saw the show after knowing everything happened, so I'm a little bit like a... It's not a fair perspective, but I didn't think the show was as good as some... Like, I saw some people saying it was the best Dynamite they've done, and I thought that was... A little bit crazy. It was the best I've seen in this variety of show, the empty arena bonanza. But it was not, you know, I still thought it was an odd show just because it is going to be, right? There's no fans there. Big part of AEW's appeal is the audience. But 
Yeah, they did better with it. You know, do you have any strong takes on the like the wrestlers at ringside deal? Like, does that bother you? Because I'm, I, I've said it many times on social media. You mentioned it earlier. I don't think any of these yeah. shows should be running. I I think that WWE, AEW, all of these people are have some part of negligence by by running these shows. You know, okay, you take their temperature to make sure they're okay. You tell them to stay home if they have any symptoms. That's fine. That's how I mean. That's how many places are doing it. So I get it. But if you're going to insist on running these shows and putting these people in these positions, I think you've got to take more drastic measures. I understand that maybe it's not great that the NBA and the NHL teams are paying for private testing and things like that. Like those tests should go towards people who actually do have symptoms and things like that. But as we've learned through this testing you don't have to have symptoms to have this. Donovan Mitchell, exactly. no symptoms. Kevin Durant, no symptoms. They have the coronavirus. Like, So I think if you're going to insist on putting performers within contact with each, each other and then just do better testing and make sure everything is okay. Because for all we know, one of these people could have the coronavirus and they could just be spreading it without knowing it. And it's going to be... Like this is why the NBA and the NHL shut down is because they didn't want to take that risk of if somebody if we find out someone has this and then it spreads and we didn't do anything about it, how's that going to make our sport look? And wrestling yeah. isn't on the level of basketball, but at the same time, you've got to just take the proper precautions. All of that said, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, all of that said, I think that having them at ringside was better for just to have sound and and to have just mm-hmm. a better visual. I agree. And I, it, there seems to have become a weird perception that once you're in the ring having a match, you're like totally immune to any kind of... I, think, I don't understand why... I mean, you're right. You're 100% correct. If there's if not good testing, all of it is irresponsible to some degree, right? Like, just because like they're at ringside, but there's guys in the ring wrestling. At that point, you're already fine uphill as far as the morale the, the morality, morality the correct things to do I can't speak today Jeremy spread along there but uh, the show was better um, what did you think of the Jake Roberts still was that your kind of thing the the video package or his promo yes well the promo was good but the video package is what I'm, what I'm I thought the on. video package I think AEW does a really good job with these video packages and kind of creating a character for for everyone and making everyone feel like there's at least something to them like the darby allen video packages are really good yeah sean spears if if you watch dark and all that stuff like they do some good video packages on on his partner and stuff and and this was the dark order stuff uh before the reveal the when they turned it into a cult that was awesome this is kind of the same thing it's like here's just a guy it's wink wink nod nod carny stuff and he's just out to kill everyone. I, I thought it was good. I couldn't figure out whether I loved it or hated it. I <laughs> honestly mean that. I could. I was watching it and I was like, this is awesome. It also feels kind of early 90s WCW, which yeah, I think is awesome. You know, I think that's <laughs> awesome. I'm not going to question that. But uh, the one issue with Jake, man, is he's so tall. That man is so unnecessarily tall. Why did he have to be so tall? Paul Lance Archer is like an inch taller than him. It's brutal, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, so you mentioned the Dark Order deal. Did you think that was as good as they could have done it with in the circumstances, the reveal? 
in the circumstances yes um because yeah. and we'll just bleed into our our next topic here the the yes. the debuts of of Brody Lee and Matt Hardy in the circumstances yes because what else are you going to do could they have held it off sure but they promised i actually thought you know they promised that the dark the the exalted one would be revealed i thought they would just like bring him out and then be like, hey, we revealed them, but we're not actually going to like take off his hood or anything so they could delay it yeah. further. I mean, obviously, this was supposed to be in Rochester, Brody Lee's hometown. The pop would have been like huge, I-, I would think. I thought the video package portion was good. I actually didn't need him being there live. I think it would have worked better if it was just the video package and then the Dark Order beats down SCU and and you go from there because him being there live really does take away from oh man like this could have been a big reaction type of thing. It does. It's you know again in the, you know the grand scheme of things a pro wrestler missing out on his debut pop is not a big deal in any way shape or form. But it's man, the only thing going on in the him, world bro. right now, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, true. I mean, I just felt for him because it would have been such an amazing moment for him. And I mean, he he asked for his release what like a year ago, right? Yeah, April Close last to it. year. Yeah, that's wild. But um, I'm very excited for him. I'm gonna just say this because I would say if it was about someone I did not enjoy as much, I'm not so sure about the look. I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay, it looked a little bit. I wasn't sure about that as a badass cult leader. I'm not sure it worked, but you know, growing pains and such. But um. I thought his promo was pretty good. Harper can talk. I remember when he was doing the stuff with Orton and Bray, when they looked like he was going to do a triple threat. Remember that stuff? Um, he was doing, like, strong promos in the in the Bray production. So, yeah, I'm very excited for him to see where, see how he kind of pieces together when they, whenever they return. I don't know when that will be, but I agree with you. Maybe it would have been better to say, like, you know, here he is, he reveals himself, but then we're still waiting for him to show up, if that right. makes sense. And maybe circumstances might lead you to actually for all we know you might not be running a show until you're back to some sense of you know normal earth so then you would have still got some kind of pop but it is what it is they delivered on their advertisement but uh i'm glad he's getting this because i'm not i totally get what people to want matt in this spot because he then doesn't have to wrestle as much and you know but let's be honest dark order needs a top guy that can wrestle right i mean these guys are talented in that group but they're not it's a waste of TV time doing four months of build-up for that reveal. Like, it needs to be a guy who can go to the top of the card. I don't know how much they get out of Brody. Uh, you've mentioned before, and I agree with you, that I'm in a kind of mixed camp where I totally get why he wasn't a priority of WWE's, but I think he can do a lot more. So this is perfect for him. So we'll see how he does with it. Hopefully he stays healthy, everything works out well. Because in ring, I think he's pretty spectacular for a guy of his size. I like that it was Brody Lee over Matt Hardy as well. Yeah, sorry. I I also think they they see more in Matt Hardy, which was pretty obvious from you know his debut. He's gonna be in the the blood and guts match. It looks like like they're gonna pair him with the elite. We know he's got the relationship with uh, the young bucks and even like Jericho. So it, it makes sense. I think they see more for Matt Hardy than just like a dark a dark order role. I don't know what the upside is on the dark order. We'll probably be tag team champions at some point I would imagine, but I yeah. do think it is having a, a good, I like having a more heavy leader 
and and Harper is more heavy yeah. than, than Matt Hardy, if that makes sense. And so, like, the final boss, yeah. you want it to be kind of a guy like Harper over a guy like Matt Hardy, at least in my estimation. So, I, I like I, that as well. I also think... Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. I was just saying I like that as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a weird kind of perception. Like, I've seen a lot of people saying today, oh, two ex-WWE guys, and I get it, right, but... These are kind of special circumstances. Harper basically had to force himself out of his contract. He was being held hostage by a contract he signed. So that's one thing. I mean, it would be pretty wild not to sign Harper or Brody Lee, whatever which way you want to, you know, whatever you want to call him. But when you when you have a look at their roster, what they need, he fills a lot of those categories to me. Because they need size. And Archer's going to give them that, and Harper's going to give them that. And they're both big guys that can move and have great matches. That's a huge benefit. So that was a no-brainer. And the Hardy thing, like you just said it then, he can offer so much in a company that isn't WWE because he's going to be allowed to be creative. I don't know how much of it I'll enjoy, but <laughs> I, I totally get why you signed him. This isn't like they're signing just random guys that got cut last week. Like Both of these guys left of their own volition, really, right? So I, don't, I think that, that reaction was way kind of misplaced don't this was these are both good decisions the roster's getting better uh, but the interesting thing will be what you mentioned is just what is he sealing in this role half of that is i don't know i think if moxley wasn't the babyface champ you could do something there right but moxley and Brody lee is an example of like that is a wwe mid-card match unfortunately that's just the way that people perceive it at first so you have to rebuild them a little bit and see where it goes the the signing wwe's former guys is always weird to me that they're not the ascension you know like they're yeah they're, exactly they're yeah. not signing the <laughs> ascension you, yes they're they're signing yeah. guys who matt hardy veteran legend in in some minds like he he's built up that cachet and the gimmick he's doing now isn't even a wwe gimmick like this is a gimmick he did on impact so yeah. okay the former impact star matt hardy if you're gonna do that like even yeah. with harper like this is his independent stuff like he's not luke harper He's an exalted yeah. one leader. It's a completely different role. I just think every talent that leaves there will be a different case. And each time you're going to have to look at it from a clean slate, right? It will be crazy after one year of stories and news and discussion about what's Harper going to do when he gets out of this contract. To be like, nah, man, we're not, we're not picking him up. Like, let him go to the impact. Like, come on. Like, just this makes sense for all involved. One thing I will say as a fan... I hope Harper has one of those contracts where he can work some Japan, work some New Japan yes. dates. Yes, yes. Uh, because that is a perfect fit for him, right? Like, I feel that could actually be the thing that really swings. I mean, the perception of him is pretty positive anyway. I think most people are excited for him, but that could be the thing where we see really what his ceiling is, I feel. I, I agree with you. The only issue with that is because this Dark Order Exalted One stuff is fairly gimmicky, I don't know how that, yeah. how you work that in Japan. Like he can work his style and it's whatever, but like, are you gonna have Kevin Kelly be like, "That's Luke Car or that's Brody Lee, the Exalted One leader in the Dark Order"? No, yeah, it, it just it's gonna be weird. You probably in just the ignore New Japan it. World. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, skip I think you just it. Just ignore like... it. I think you do. I think he has to just come in as a wild man and just pretend none of that is happening. But I agree with you. That's a good point. Yeah. Definitely. But I, I do hope that he can work some Japan dates as well because I'm with you. I think a lot of people are 
very high on Brody Lee, but there's still yeah. a big segment of the audience who only knows him as Luke Harper and who just doesn't know that this guy is actually a really good wrestler who can work multiple style. I mean, they saw it with his promo. Nobody knew Luke Harper could cut that kind of promo. What do yeah, you think I mean, of the, the shot at Vince? Uh, I don't know. It's, that's, that's fine. It's, I'm never one of those guys that like gets fired up for it. Oh, I don't like sort of punch the air, get him. But I'm definitely also not one of those like, oh my God, how dare he talk about his former employer? You know, it's, it's fine, right? Again, I think it'd probably be silly not to do something like that because the whole story with Harper is about the contract. That's, that sounds, I'm not trying to limit him as a talent. He's a great talent. But what I'm saying is to the general fan, there is definitely a segment of fans that became more interested in him when he posted he wanted to get released. And that's just the way this stuff works. It would be silly not to make a quick reference to it. It was a one-line thing. It wasn't like a classic. Remember back in the day when TNA would do like oh, 10 the, ring promos? Th- this is what I was going to say. <laughs> like, in, like <laughs> AEW, I think, does it well where they just like do a line, get a, get a little shot in, whatever. Yeah. yeah Impact used to any <laughs> former WWE guy they signed would come in and be like that other place do this 10 minute yeah. promo. It was so bad. Yeah. The cl- they used to like every like inside up North. They didn't believe in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff was great. But yeah, no, I'm with you. It's fine. Uh, I'm just fascinated as to how this works. Like I really am truly interested as to what they see the dark order as because there's definitely a range of opinions on that whole thing like some people i think just think it's totally totally mid card leave it as is but i think there may be an internal perception that this is a big deal i have no clue what it'll be under uh, Brody lee but i hope it's good for his sake i'm interested to see how he does with it i think i, I think they're going to be tag team champions at some point um like yeah we know the young bucks are a big fan of what used to be the super smash brothers like that. That's why they were signed. That's why they even had like this big debut that people just didn't know about, but like in their minds, they thought this was this monster idea, this debut that they had and it didn't come Mm -hmm. off that way, but that's how they were thinking. And now you get a, a recognizable guy in Brody Lee as the leader. The one issue with that is, Oh, I don't think they need, uh, like Brody Lee having a title, but having a some type of mid card title would help a lot of these uh, these guys at this point. Yeah, I was thinking that when I, when um at the pay per view Derby was working Sammy, I was thinking this is like the perfect TV title kind of deal, right? Yeah. By the way, we should mention Sammy's uh, Judas <laughs> rendition. Did you enjoy that? I did very much. So. I think Sammy Guevara is awesome. Just absolutely yes. amazing. I wish. I get like he's the the loser of the group. I wish he would win more because he does feel just very much like in the ring, complete fodder. But outside of the ring, I think he like he broke Jericho completely. Jericho was cracking I'm, up from it. I'm convinced that Jericho, like the intention, the last intention of the inner circle will be Jericho getting him over to like a top guy degree. I'm convinced of it. And the only thing I'm not sure about is will they do it with Chris as the baby face? Or will they? Because Sammy's such a natural heel, right? But there is something there in the idea of like Chris blaming Sammy for the inner circle's problem, and like he can change his career, man, because he's got such an upside. Is there anyone better at capitalizing on that potential in Jericho? Probably not. So that's an interesting thing for me. And Jericho's very smart when it comes to this as well. I mean, he he picked Sammy for for being in the inner circle. 
I mean, picked all these guys, but because yeah. they wanted, I think they wanted like the Lucha Brothers there with them at first, and Jericho's like, no, like let me get these guys. Um, yeah, I think we know Jericho sees a lot in Sammy. I'd be shocked if the end game wasn't like Sammy ends up being the breakout single star. Like you're not Hager's not your breakout single star. Santana and Ortiz. No, no sorry. <laughs> oh right, well, that's not happening. Yeah um santana and ortiz like they're a tag team and i think ortiz has been awesome uh as a singles and with his selling and everything but they're a tag team like so sammy is going to be your your breakout guy out of this and like that's where he's you know that's where jericho i feel like is going with all of this and i think it starts at blood and guts a little bit i'm not saying the inner circle needs to be completely fractured in the next however many months i mean with who knows how the schedule is going to shake out anyway, but I think there's going to start to be some fracture in that group in the next couple of months. It's interesting. So how long, and I'm genuinely asking this, I don't know. How long was Jericho's contract when he initially signed with AW? Do you know that? Or is that? I figured everyone signed like three, four year deals. I can look it up right fast. I'm sure if we have it on the fightful contract site. Okay. I'll I'll talk, but, but, I am interested if that's the case and it's three years. While I agree with you, it makes sense because it's submit or surrender, right? So, Sammy submitting or surrendering could be a great like that could be a great tool to get to where we're talking about. But it wouldn't surprise me if they were looking a lot longer down the line for that angle. But the inner circle was effective. I mean, I don't think, and I mean this, I love all the guys in there other than the one that you just mentioned, uh, but. You know, I think it's a good faction. I don't know if it's something we're going to remember for years to come, but it doesn't have to be. It's just an effective heel faction. That's, it's allowed them to do the elite stuff much better than they could without that. Does that make sense? Like they're not the only group. It makes it a lot easier. Jericho's contract is through 2021, so through the end of next year. So he's going to be there for a while. Okay. I've... Okay, so that's that's interesting. What do you what do you make of essentially all the factions in? <laughs> AEW because Jim Ross joked about this last night and he's like yeah we got a lot of them and I mean it's true like it seems like everybody is tied with with somebody even guys who probably don't need it like Pac and the Lucha Brothers like do these guys really need to be the death triangle I love it and I have no idea why I've always loved (laughs) that when I started watching New Japan I love the thing that it takes you like four years to realize who's in like who's yes. in which group? That's yes. tremendous. Like I've always loved that. Like so, is he in chaos or is he stop? <laughs> I just think the thing is, the truth is, I think they signed a lot of guys when they started this project. Probably a few too many, to be honest. There's a lot of people on this roster, uh, and I understand that. And I just think what it does is it gives guys TV time that probably wouldn't get some. In theory, I don't know if that's how what's happening here, but. Uh, the death triangle thing is probably a stretch, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but hey, look, if they're going to be a six-man team every once in a while, you might as well sell some shirts and make them a faction, right? It doesn't bother me. What I like about it is I mean, they're a that... t-shirt company at heart, so yeah. Exactly, that's... <laughs> yeah. And what it does do good is it makes someone like Moxley or Darby Allen look like total lunatics because yeah. they just have no friends. Like, And that's, I guess, this is a crazy thing to say about any wrestling show, but we have to say it once gone. If this was a real thing, Jeremy, right? I mean, I guess guys would have pals, right? We'd call well, faction names for each other. Here's why I do love it, because with okay. the with my weekly real sports AEW power rankings, it's very easy 
to just come up with like these fake storylines of yes. why these people are working together or like getting training in and stuff. Like I, I did this this fake bit. I'm like, oh yeah, Chris Jericho got the inner circle together during this week and trained, even though it was against AEW regulations that teams should be allowed to get together and train. And like uh, the best friends were not happy that you know they circumvented the AEW CBA for all of this. Like it's very easy to to just. You know, these are teams essentially. AEW is the league, and then yeah. you've just got all these teams. It's it's so easy to just create like real sports storylines out of this. So I love it. Did you ever run the Jimmy Butler story of him going to the gym at like two in the morning? Did you ever use that one? Oh, I I should definitely. I've I've been holding out on a lot of different like basketball storylines. I'm still most proud of transcribing uh, the the TJ Warren Jimmy Butler beef from earlier that this year good, yeah, I and i like that. i like gave it to like uh reho after that terrible statlander match with the uh all the the interference and yeah i had reho just basically call the the nightmare collective soft and tell them they suck because that's what jimmy butler said to tj warren <laughs> that was a good promo by jimmy butler i must say awesome. that was tremendous tremendous pro wrestling but um yeah, I'm pro-faction. I enjoy it. But do you think they should do – should the inner circle be looking to recruit a female? Should they do some of that stuff, do you think? Would See, that help this, someone? This is actually why I almost think the female division, it's still kind of a mess, is because, one, they still don't put enough time into it. Two, yep. like they don't have – clearly define like factions and friends and stuff like you you see the male division it's like okay you know this person's associated with this person it's all fine you you see the the women's division and they're showing like random tag team matches like big swole will team with Sheeta one week and then the next week they're against each other in a fatal four-way match and it's like why like why are these matches taking place there, there's no rhyme or reason for them yeah i think you're right i it's, it's a tough one. I, I'd really try not to make excuses for division, and I think we've done a good job since we started this show of being like, hey, man, they've got to do better with this thing, right? And I think we've been pretty fair about it, but I've got to be honest, there are times I watch it and I do think they're a little bit hamstrung by it. It's not they haven't got talent. That's not it by any means, but they have got a lack of experience. Is that fair, right? Like, when you compare the guys that they're putting out there, TV experience-wise, it's just a different thing, and I... That doesn't make it right that they're not putting teams together and forming friendships and right angles. But it does mean that, you know, generally, if it comes to we've got to cut this or we've got to cut, you know, a Chris Jericho backstage promo, we know what one's getting cut, right? Like, that's just the way it is right now. It needs to change. It needs to get better. I think that's really, to be honest, that's their blind spot right now. I think the show is pretty much on point other than the women's division. You don't know what you're going to No, if there's a Brit Breaker promo, that's going to be a good segment. The, the match quality is kind of um, – it's inconsistent partly because it's some of the only stuff on the show that the fans aren't into at the first bell because they haven't been given a reason to be, right? Like a lot of the time the women are going to air wrestling to silence and then they're having to work the audience into the match. Yeah. 205 lifestyle, Jeremy, you know? So um, so I feel for them in that regard. You know, sometimes I'll be watching their matches and it'll be quiet and it's like that's not on them though, right? Like – Sometimes you have to give them something for the audience to latch onto, and there's not been enough of that. So with Brit, they have like a starting point of a character people can enjoy, and then maybe start caring about the matches. But they need a lot more of that. There's nowhere near enough a character in the division. And and also the other thing is like, if me and you sat down and tried to figure out their totem pole, not the rankings that are you know whatever they are, 
But like, who is the top female and then rank it down? We would have no chance, dude. Like that thing is just chaos. Riho got pinned by Penelope Ford. Then she pins Penelope. Like, it's just I can't tell you who, where anyone is in that division. Where, when it comes to the the TV aspect, that, that's a good point because who like who has the most TV? experience there i like it's baker right just based on the the few matches she wrestled in nxt i mean it's awesome kong but awesome kong's not really there right now but no one else is really as far as americanized television like who else has really done a whole lot am i missing somebody who was like in impact and had a few shows of experience ironically the person we always forget about because she's not wrestling is um Bunny, Ali, right? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the one, but I don't know what the situation is because I missed... I wasn't watching it, like, weekly when that happened. They changed her gimmick, but... She just like, is she just gimmick. not... <laughs> but is she just not... Like, is she not wrestling anymore? Like, do we know what the situation is there? No, it doesn't look like it. It looks like she's just managing the... that. That's the Butcher and that's Blade. Um, but I... Oh, yeah, she hasn't odd, really man. wrestled. You know, I'm not saying she's, like... I'm not saying she's uh, Becky Lynch in waiting, but Ali's good. Like, she's very confident, and she's got experience, which we were just talking about. She was on Impact TV for a few years there, right? Yeah. Unless I'm totally mistaken. At least yeah, so, a year. And she did a few like. different char- Yeah, she did a few different things there, and she was a very good character on TV, at least, which, believe it or not, I was watching at that time, Jeremy, so I can say that without just, you know, going off Twitter threads. But um, other than that, yeah, it's probably Brit from just NXT uh, spots. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. You're flying uphill a little bit, but... I think they'd benefit from just saying, like, okay, here is our core group. Let's pick four women that we want to make, like, stop pillars of the division, if that makes sense, rather than this thing of, like, I have no clue who's going to be on the show every week. And I understand you want to use everyone, but at some point you have to give me some idea as to who the important women are and and then go from there, if that makes sense. I think they're trying to do that. I mean, Nyla's obviously the champion now, and Baker mm-hmm. is – Baker's. The, I think Baker's at the top and that that's kind of shown every week because she even when she was a baby face like she was still getting matches i mean her pre-show match at full gear had more of a storyline than the the title match so yeah. i th- i think baker is right there and then but yeah after that after those two it's like all right well they're using statlander a good bit so maybe she's there but they're using swole a good bit they're using sheeta a good bit riho's the mm-hmm. former champion penelope's at yep. least tied with kip sabian so people just kind of get like mixed in there, but we'll see. Hopefully the, the women's division gets sorted out because they've done well yeah. elsewhere uh, real quickly. And then we'll kind of wrap things up because there's not a whole lot else going on mm-hmm. in the world of wrestling. Do you think there is a dynamite next week? Because they were very cautious of saying next week. Honestly, it feels very, it feels like I shouldn't predict such a thing. It feels very <laughs> dangerous. Like, one week ago, you know, if we said earlier, it feels like years ago. So, I mean, I don't really want to say I hope so because, like, <laughs> I would really like these wrestlers to just be able to, like, get treated like every other athlete and just be able to stay home. Uh, I must admit, I do I do appreciate the escape this one provided me. It provided me a, a genuine escape, actually, AW, but who cares about me having an escape, right? I mean, I don't know if I hope it happens or it doesn't. I have no clue, Jeremy. I... I would assume no, to be honest, based on how cautious they were. I mean, when Jim Ross isn't saying something, he has been told many times not to say it. Because he, like, God bless him, but Jim isn't, I don't think he listens to too many of the, uh, the kind of lessons given to it. So he must have been a, a real thing to stress. 
Jim says whatever the script says in front of him. So if the script said, don't say next week, only say next Dynamite, then that's what Jim was doing. I I don't know if there's going to be a show next week. I don't like the idea of a lumberjack match, first off, in in the circumstances either. Like, I've already ranted about, I don't think you need to have this many people there and everything. A lumberjack match seems like an even worse idea than just having people in the crowd. Like, don't don't do this stuff unless you are testing them. Tony's got Jacksonville Jaguars money. Get these guys tested. Um, I yeah. don't. I don't think there's going to be a show. If there is, I do think they're delaying blood and guts. I don't think they're doing that match in an empty arena. They should. No, they should definitely do. I did want to ask you because I never have any idea about these kind of things. Do we know how many wrestlers were in attendance for Raw? Because when they had Asuka on commentary, as much as I enjoyed it, it felt like an indication there was not many people available for that show. Do we have any idea who was there, what was going on? Well, so you had your three commentators. You had... That was unnecessary in itself. Right? <laughs> Jerry Lawler didn't have to be there. My God, there was, there was one match. You you had... Jerry Lawler had to remind everybody that it was 316 day and Stone Cold is here. Because that, that was my favorite bit on Raw is uh, Tom Phillips is like, welcome, everyone. It's a, you know, weird show. We're at the Performance Center. You know, hope everyone's safe and everything. And Jerry's all like, yeah, but Steve Austin is here. <laughs> like, all right, dude. <laughs> I think he didn't, was he, didn't he say like, um, he celebrates it every year. So why not do it on Monday Night Raw? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um yeah, you had you had Andrade, you had Andrade and mm-hmm. Ray wrestled the match. Zelina, Becky, they had the Street Profits there to take stunners after the show was over. Like that seemed unnecessary too. It's like, hey, come take these stunners for a WWE YouTube exclusive. Like, really, you're gonna bring me here to just throw me on this YouTube nonsense? Like, I'm sure they were probably like thrilled to take these stunners and stuff, but really. <laughs> The, the Shayna Baszler yeah, thing see, blows my mind. Weird. Like, you really that's crazy. Like, Shayna just come there to stand backstage. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe Shayna still lives in Orlando, so it's not, like, that big of a thing. But people aren't supposed to be around people right now. Don't have her come there just to stand backstage. So dumb. That's what I just found so fascinating. That's what I wanted to know because, like, I said about Owens earlier. Kevin Owens has a talk show segment, right? Here's the Kevin Owens show. But why not put Austin on that? If you didn't know what's loose, I just didn't. I, did, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. They had Owens there. Yeah, like ever like, since they had people there that could do segments. I didn't understand why they didn't have any of them. I just didn't get. I didn't get it. And ever since Owens has wanted to or has been using the stunner, Austin's made like two or three TV appearances, and people are like, "Oh, you got to do something with Austin and Owens," and they've done yeah. nothing with Austin <laughs> and Owens. Yeah, and like the Street Profits, unless I'm mistaken, for about six months, they did these skits where they spoke to the camera every week. The one week we're lacking TV time, and it's like, nope, just save them for after the show, bro. What are we doing here? Like they, I just didn't get it. It felt like they, the rumble was so long that they may have ended up in a situation where it's like, can't fit them on tonight. Sorry, guys, can't fit you on. Which is just hilarious, right? They're the tag chance. Could have got a segment out of them. I just... I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I could produce a good empty arena show, but it just felt so... And then, like, Asuka was out there to do commentary for the only match. And I was just thinking, this is so odd. They, this is so strange. They had one match and four commentators. <laughs> yeah, and I loved the commentary thing. It was quite funny, I thought. But, you know, I do love... I must say this. I really do admire that in the Raw Women's Division, 
Becky Lynch is number one in promo time, and second is Asuka by, like, a <laughs> mile. She's so far ahead of everyone else in promo time in the women's division, that is. And I'm going to be honest, I have no complaints about that. I'm totally in on that. I agree with that decision, definitely. No, Asuka, she's great. Uh, I think Charlotte Flair yeah. would argue that she gets plenty of promo time in that division. Yeah. I mean, the question is, do I watch those segments? <laughs> okay. Maybe not. That's what I'm going to say. Maybe not. By the way, shout out to Charlotte Flair, whose whole build for this match was, once you get in front of 80,000 people, <laughs> now she's doomed. She's doomed. She's got wrestling in front of no one against Rhea Ripley. This is terrible for her. But yeah, yeah it is what it is. Is that... <laughs> Is that Charlotte's, like, superpowers? Like, I've been in all these big matches. You haven't. Like, I got you. And Rhea Ripley's like, oh, well, now we're in front of no one. You don't know what this is like. So, or it's been years yes. since you've known what this is like. Like, you're screwed now. I like I like the reverse build to this that you just came up with. Dude, I've, this, I have to say it's because it, I'm trying to refigure out what I'm doing with WrestleMania features. <laughs> My Rhea Ripley feature is hilarious now that this has happened. <laughs> it is all about the moment how grand this is, this spotlight that she's under. Can she become a face of the division? It's like, oh, she's wrestling in front of no people, man. Like, this isn't reading the same anymore. Like, it's just so odd. But here we are, I guess. But, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, if you remember, Charlotte never used to be able to win matches on TV. She couldn't even get up for them. She would only win the, the pay-per-view matches. So she's screwed, man. There's no way she's winning in front of no people. She's just she's just no way. She has to get up for the moment. You know, it's not there. I want Charlotte's big over-the-top entrance in front of nobody, yeah. all the fireworks and everything. That's what I want at Mania. <laughs> oh, man, hang on. Wait, we haven't spoken about The Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> <laughs> this ruled. This is the best thing on the show because yes. I was so looking yes. forward to, like, the long, drawn-out, like, Undertaker <laughs> entrance at the Performance Center. And he's like, nope, just came out there, flipped over shit. I, this was great. This is the best thing across Raw or SmackDown. <laughs> It's so funny because I actually really think he's like super motivated to do a good match with AJ, and it's like there's no way that's happening now. Like if this match was going to be good at the Parallel Universe, it needed an audience that was super into it, right? Like biting on every false finish, and now it's just going to be poor old Undertaker like in the middle of this empty arena. It's such a straight, but yeah, that segment was hilarious. Like it was so dead because there's no one in the arena. It was so deadpan too, like the way he just walked straight out, and Jerry Lawler was like. <laughs> What's going on here? Like, I don't know what's happening. It was, it was wonderful. I loved that. The, great. Be- the best part was the lights out gimmick, and you could hear him shudder around getting out of the <laughs> ring and stuff because there was no audience to, to mask that. And it's like, couldn't y'all turn the volume <laughs> down on that or shoot it <laughs> earlier in the day so you don't have that? Like, this man was moving, like, moving things as he was getting in and out of the ring and you could just hear it all during the lights out giving it's like oh this ruins the mystique of everything it's so good just the thought of doing it live is funny to me that goes for AEW WWE that is hilarious to me the idea that you have to do this show live like why this could be filmed across a whole week why are we do now like, we, we gotta hang out this, we gotta this... hang out at the performance center and yes. Daly's place and I guarantee you <laughs> WrestleMania will be shot in like eight locations and all of them will be live. Every one of them, there'll be a camera crew there, like, ready to go, here we go. Like, it's just the way it has to be, I guess. I don't know why, but it is. Uh, all right. That's <laughs> gonna, let's get to these announcements, Joe, because we do have some things to announce. Um, we are going to be taking the show on the road now. We're gonna, we're actually gonna be doing the show more often 
as we are quarantined here. We're going to try to do shows. I'm not going to promise anything, but we're going to try to do shows Monday, Tuesday, our usual Thursday show, and Friday as well. So nothing on Wednesday, nothing on the weekends, unless we're like really feeling up to it. But we're going to try to do four shows a week during this time of uncertainty and and everything else going on and we're gonna start that tomorrow so everybody can join us back here tomorrow i have no idea what we're talking about that's that's the plug for tomorrow that's a lie there is a big thing that, that joseph has been working on that he's gonna reveal here in oh, a yes. second and we're gonna talk about yes. that tomorrow um the second part of of this announcement is because we are gonna do these shows almost daily uh, we're going to try to have some some special guests on. I'm working on a couple things, but I can confirm that uh, former NWA television champion Ricky Starks will be on the show next week. I think we're going to have him on Monday is the plan right now. Things can change. Everything is, you know, everything is moving at the rate it's moving right now, and, and who knows. But Ricky is going to be kind enough, hopefully, to join us, hopefully, on Monday. So Ricky Starks will be on the show on Monday. Yeah, this is a, this is a major moment in the history of the podcasting world. I think that's fair to say. I mean, I was going to say the distraction, but I think at this point we've transcended podcasting, right? We're just an entertainment kind of conglomerate. I think that's fair to say. So this is very big. Happy to have a uh, a real star, Jeremy. I mean, me and you are big deals. We get recognised a lot, but we're, we've never won NWA gold. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I thought it was both of us. No, no, um, no one cares about me. It... <laughs> I, I think uh, I think it's fitting as our podcast is named the distraction that we seize upon this awful circumstance to distract people and nothing else. Um, I have, I have a big announcement, now, Jeremy. As you said, this is a hat trick of announcements. Very very big moment in the history of Earth, and in tribute of the fallen March Madness tournament that I have never watched in my life, I'm currently preparing a bracket of WWE wrestlers. Okay, now. Jeremy, because we have very, very smart brains, we've, we had the same idea, right? There will be a Raw region. There will be a SmackDown region, an NXT region, and a women's wrestling uh, region. Now, I have no clue how this is going to look to the <laughs> viewer of this show, but I have a bracket. And I want to make this clear now because I have looked at the matchups, okay? I have not rigged any of this. I have not put any wrestlers I like in favorable positions, even if it may seem that I have definitely done that. I have not, Jeremy. I'm going to make this clear now, Okay. But we will go through 64, I believe that's the correct maths, right? 64 WWE wrestlers to find the ultimate modern 2020 WWE performer. That's the plan as we go through these daily shows. Uh, it could be terrible audio. It could be the best audio. I have absolutely no idea, but I have put at least half an hour's work into it. I'm very excited. We're going to begin that. We're going to begin the tournament tomorrow. So that's, that is what we're going to have for friday show the friday the monday tuesday friday shows are going to be shorter than our usual shows going to follow a different format again we're going to try to have guests on we're going to review some old wrestling we're going to run through the the bracket we might do another bracket if the the wwe one does very well pitch us your ideas we are welcome and open to anything the thursday show 
will stick pretty as normal. We're going to stick with the, the five-minute gimmick review, talk about anything that's actually going on in the, the current day of wrestling, stuff like that. So to give everybody an idea of, of what the schedule will be looking like in the, I mean, who knows, we're going to be doing this until things kind of get back to normal and then we'll, we'll make some decisions from there. But hopefully, hopefully, and, and I, I completely mean this, hopefully we're not doing this very long not because i don't want to do these shows but because i i want things to get back to normal as quick as possible yeah 100 it's it's odd you know we're only a very small piece of this puzzle right but it is you know it kind of feels right we try our best to entertain all the crazy people that actually like this show i mean for however many or however few there are it feels right to do that right so that's what we try to do but as you say Hopefully we ain't doing it for long because it's just not the best thing for all involved. Like it's, we want things to get back to how they were. This is a, a weird time, but we'll try our best to entertain people as much as you know we can with our very odd NBA show that sometimes talks about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I like how we're doing more shows now, and there's no NBA to talk about. So <laughs> we should review old yeah. NBA games. I want to watch some classic Jordan. I, I will say there was a suggestion that we do an NBA draft only featuring pro wrestlers. So we're picking them for a, a fantasy NBA game, which sounds like oh, one of the most incredible ideas ever. Yeah. This is amazing. Who who came yes. up with that? Because I want to give them a message and thank it was, them. It was, yeah, it was a Twitter power. I'll give you that out after. I don't want to out them on this uh, okay. forum because I, I don't know what their reputation is. But <laughs> he did warn me against the pick of Kevin Nash. He said, there's not a quarter of cardio in him. But I said... <laughs> I think Kevin Nash can be useful in like a Boban role where you give him like eight minutes to just destroy on the on the offensive class. Oh, so we're doing all time. We we'll discuss this off the air. I really like this topic. We need to. Yeah. All I... of the modern wrestlers are five foot eight. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna draft. I mean Big Show can still I think maybe dominate, but we'll just have him yeah, going right. on. Uh yeah, I, I really like this idea and we will definitely do this on one of the daily shows. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap things up. Fightful.com, all your wrestling, MMA, boxing needs. Joe, you're doing features still. You've been talked into doing features for Mania? Maybe? Well, I messaged Sean last week, and I was like, in case they do a PC Mania, I'm going to start doing features again. And he was like, cool. And then about an hour later, I was like, we're doing the PC Mania? And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, like, backfired. Um, yeah, actually, I, I could do some help on that. Anyone you're desperate to see me cover for Mania, why you're desperate to see me write about anything, I have no clue. But if you are, tell me. Because right now, anything is on the ball. Because none of the features I had already done really work at this point. It feels wrong to stress the gravity of such a moment when it's going to take place in front of no fans during the pandemic. So... Anything's on the table, tell me what you want. Just don't suggest an Italia article because the same person that suggested the NBA draft also suggested that. So I just want to make it clear, no silliness, but I am mostly open to suggestions because it's a very odd scenario to be covering. Joe will have features up. Maybe maybe this whole show gets canceled. We don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's still, look, that's not off the table in my mind that a week from no. now, WWE is like, maybe this isn't the best idea in the world. Um, <laughs> so Joe will have some features, assuming Mania keeps going. Again, you can check all the news. Plenty of podcasts coming up and, and already from from everybody else. Sean with the, the post-show reviews. Sign up to Fightful Select. You get Alex Pulaski's Sour Graps every, after every show. 
sign up to fightful select for exclusive news and early access to things as well and again yeah we will be back tomorrow actually tomorrow's show with the the beginning of the wwe march madness bracket and then next week early next week we'll be joined by ricky starks and then our usual show next thursday so we appreciate everybody for listening and we will this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.